This Week in HPC. China moves up in top 500. SC kicks off in Austin. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening into a special episode of This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. We're at Michael, we're here in Austin. Welcome. Here we are. Yeah, great great venues. Hustle and bustle. It's uh, off to a great start. This is, this is fun for us all the time. We're going to get a special episode of This Week in HPC in here, and uh, with our partner partnership with top500.org, we want to look especially at the top 500 list. There's been uh, some big news there on it, although not really movement in the top 10 systems, but the the, uh, the structure of the list is changing a little bit. Yeah, exactly. A little news in the top 10, but the big, the big news is China. They've got a lot more systems in. They went from 37 systems in the last list all the way up to 109. That's almost three times the number of systems they had, and they did that in a period of six months. Yeah, now now, we've heard some criticism that you know these don't all meet necessarily a rigid definition of what would be called high-performance computing, but that's not the first time we've ever heard that criticism with regards to vendors putting their customers on the list. The real effect here is that some of the vendors based in China, uh, not only Lenovo, who got a lot, of, uh, a lot of systems inherited from IBM, but Sugon and Inspur starting to take things seriously with regards to the list and getting their system submitted. Sugon has more than any of the other uh, Chinese vendors with 49 out of those 109 systems. Right, and it's not like, like you said, it's, some people consider this maybe, you know, fudging the numbers a little bit, but every country does this. I mean, the U.S. has done this. There's a lot of, there's a lot on that list that aren't strictly supercomputing, but they ran Linpack, they're big clusters, and they're, they're powerful systems in their own right. So, yeah, China, China learned how to play the game there and, and get, get their numbers up and good for them. All of a sudden, a lot of the Chinese systems are on the list, and as a result, the other geographies falling back. The United States fell back to 200 systems, 200 flat on the list. That's down from 235. And Europe dropped to 108. So wow. one fewer in Europe than in uh, China. Yeah, that, that's sort of amazing. Uh, that, that definitely is changing the, uh, the look of the list. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we know China's been pushing hard there, and, and we know they've got a lot of systems. And, and they're still at the top of the list with the Tianhe, too. That, that didn't change either. So they're... They're well represented now. Yeah, Tianhe 2 repeating at the top of the list, and uh, that's now a long time that that's been up there. It's uh, 2013, we started seeing Tianhe 2. Interesting that six of the top ten systems now are, are uh, at least three years old, and that doesn't even include Tianhe 2, which is, all, which is under three years old. So seven of the top ten are at least two years old. Six of the top ten are at least three years old. Right. There's a lot of longevity now. Uh, in, that, in that top ten, which you've noticed now for the past, I think, like three years, that these, these things aren't being pushed off the top of the list very fast. There are new two new systems, though. There's, there's Trinity out there for, uh, for the DOE. That's, a, that's a, eight, a little over eight petaflops. Uh, and Hazel, Hazel Hen at uh, HLRS 
that's at number eight. That's a 5.6 petaflop. So some big systems out there. Uh, one in the U.S., one in Germany, upset the list. And that's actually more movement than we've had in the top ten for a few lists now. So that's that's good. Right. There was one new system on the list in July. That was that Shaheen two system. So that's three total for the year. Those are the three that are less than two years old that were installed this year. One on the last list, two on this list. Noteworthy, by the way, that of the two new systems on the in the top ten on this list, they're both from Cray. Right. Cray's going gangbusters there. We've seen that for a while now, and then sure they're well represented at, at certainly at the top and even in the middle parts of the list, and they captured the two new systems this time around. So a neat little look at the top 500. You know, people will talk about that. You know, it's not as much performance turnover that we've had in the past, but uh, uh, you know, there there is some character change through the list. Another trend that's in there is the continued uh, push in accelerated systems, which is now over 100. Right. So 104 new accelerators in the system, and. Uh, you know, we're seeing some of this is due to some new Xeon systems. NVIDIA still sort of root, uh, rules the area. They've got 66 of those 104, but uh, the NVIDIA Xeon 5s are now at 27. And, and four more that are a combination. Four are a combination of those, and, and AMD's got a, a handful, about three there. So uh, more accelerators, we're seeing that upward trend, but uh, Xeon 5 pushing hard now against NVIDIA with a significant number of systems. That's consistent, by the way, with new research reports published by Intersect 360 Research that went out this week right at the start of supercomputing, right. showing accelerated computing at a tipping point and a, a quantitative piece that looked at the top 50 most popular HPC applications, 34 of them, including two that are pending release, 34 out of the top 50 offer GPU support. Right, yeah, a good number now that, I mean, NVIDIA's been working on this mainly to push all those applications into the... Uh into the accelerated space, and uh, over the past, you know, five to six years, they've they've got a good total. Now they've got 64% of the top systems or top applications in there, and really hundreds more uh, beyond that. So lots of lots of application movement we're seeing. Now with Xeon Phi in here, we're going to see some applications ported to them as well. They're working hard there. They've got. They were talking today at. The, at one of the press briefings, they've got you know hundreds of applications in the pipeline for for Xeons now. Right, we're all looking forward to Knight's Landing, OmniPath architecture, Intel scalable system framework. Intel's got a lot of news either coming out or in the near term pipeline here, so they'll they'll be looking for whether there's a categorical shift in uh, well, not a categorical shift, but a vendor shift in who's providing accelerators at the categorical level. Uh, accelerated computing in general is a big topic topic of this show. It's something we're talking about a lot. It is, and, and you have to consider, if we didn't have accelerators, I mean, the list is moving, but it's moving slowly. If we didn't have accelerators, this the list would be almost dead. I mean, the, there wouldn't be even the penetration we're seeing. I mean, right now, we have petaflop systems down to the, the 81st system, which has you know, been building steadily for you know, the, past, the past six years since we got the first one. Um, but a lot of that is, is due to the accelerators that, that are contributing to a lot of those petaflops. And this plays into some other big trends that we're already hearing talked about at this conference. Of course, OpenHPC, we already talked about that on our last podcast coming out and discussions of where that lies vis-a-vis -vis other initiatives like Open Power and how accelerated computing plays into both of those. Also, the hyperscale market, the, the role 
of NVIDIA GPUs uh, in uh, machine learning as a new application category, tracking the hyperscale market, its, its, uh, its, its effect on the, the rest of the HPC areas, the traditional HPC market, how they influence each other with hyperscale. A lot of really interesting conversations we're already having here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're seeing some of the diversity in, in applications and architectures that we've talked about over the last, you know, four or five years starting to kick in. We're seeing uh, more vendors, you know, join this list and, and start to address this diversity. So, very interesting show. We're going to talk more about it in our second podcast. There's a lot going on here. We can't fit it all into one, but... No, we uh, won't fit it all into the next one either. That We're going to be catching up on product news for a little while here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot to, to, to go into after the show stops. Maybe so. we'll get to Thanksgiving. We'll do a traditional American Thanksgiving triple helping of product news. There you go. In, yeah. in gravy. Overstuffed <laughs> uh, product news. There you go. All right, Michael. Well, it's kicking off here in Austin. I love this show always. Thanks to everyone who came to our reception uh, yesterday afternoon. We had a, a fun time greeting everyone at our Supercomputing 15 networking reception and also at the Beowulf Bash last night. We're into the thick of midweek here, and uh, we'll, we'll keep picking up more news and trends. We'll be back with another podcast at the end of the week. Very good. All right. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 